Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. All right, we all get how impressive it is to hire from a name brand company. However, more often than not, making the vanity hire turns out to be disastrous for both parties. Why? Well, too often hires are made based on a particular skill set or a person's pedigree, not taking into account the importance of cultural alignment or the objectives of the business. So your hires should be made on the basis of what is best for your company backed by evidence of performance. So today we're talking about how to accelerate company growth with business aligned hiring roadmap. Today's quote, I found that luck is quite predictable. If you want more luck, take more chances, be more active and show up more often. Any idea who said that? Shelly or Kelly? I'll give you a hint. Brian Tracy. (laughs) Brian Tracy. All right. (laughs) Great guess. I'm Rick Gerard and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solutions to enable your company to win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guests today. We have two guests today, actually, Kelly O'Connell, the executive vice president, and Shelly Icona, the founder and principal of On Its Axis. Now, On Its Axis is a product and people firm. They help organizations validate new digital product ideas and build teams that allow them to successfully take them to market. They've found that just as the launch of a successful product begins with a customer-centric roadmap, Talent acquisition that is grounded in understanding how a company can most efficiently deliver client satisfaction and adapt to changing client needs is critical to a company's ability to efficiently scale, which is what makes Kelly and Shelly perfect experts for today's topic. Kelly and Shelly, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you for having us. Happy to have you guys. So today we're going to discuss a few things. We're going to actually talk about the common mindset and the problems that are created with today's hiring environment and actually not having a roadmap. We're going to talk about the importance of building a business objective roadmap. And then we're going to teach you how to create your own roadmap. Sound like fun, guys? Absolutely. Why is this important? Yeah, I'll I'll take that. I think that... You know, we, we learn the data supports that roughly 72% of all new products fail. And the top two reasons is lack of product market fit and not hiring the right team. So when we look at the people side, we understand that the strength of a company is it's all about the people. And in order to be a winning company, you really need a strong team. So hiring managers, they, they know that to be successful, to, to, to reach their growth potential, they have to have the right team members. So we suggest looking at a, a business objective roadmap rather than just focusing on skills and perceived fit and really mapping out what you need in order to go after the, the right talent and bring that in. If I'm a hiring manager, what is a business development roadmap? I think it's, it's really looking at, we could look at your company roadmap. We might look at your product roadmap and think about as we think about how we're going to des- ideate and design and, and deliver and market this new product. What is the right talent? So some of it's technical and some of it's skill. Some of it is some of it's soft skills. Some of it is 
how does this person fit within the larger group? So sure. especially hiring new talent and bringing new talent into an existing team that's already operating on a certain cadence, that needs to flow well when that new person's brought in. How do we onboard? How do we bring them in efficiently? And we can test that when we interview. What are the business objectives though, that we're looking at? Yeah. I'll chime in. So yeah. looking at a company's financial model, looking at revenue triggers that they're trying to achieve, new markets that they're trying to approach and launch requires a company in order for them to successfully hit those numbers to think about the right organizational design to maximize their ability to achieve those numbers. So when we think about launching a product, it's really about looking at what's the leanest number of people we can have on a team to successfully take that product to market and achieve the business objective and financial objective that we forecast that we're going to hit. What are the current challenges that hiring managers face when they're effectively going through and trying to evaluate what they need as far as talent goes? Absolutely. So we've had an opportunity to work with companies that are enterprise and established and trying to launch a new product as well as startups, many of which are now unicorns. And universally, we see three common problems. We see companies reactionary hiring or ad hoc hiring. So this is a situation where, and this is Kelly, by the way, this is a situation where a company is reactionary hiring or they're responding to it as a perceived and urgent need. And what this does is it often results in team inefficiency and scope creep on a team. A second common problem that we often see with a team is confirmation hiring. So this happens when you've had a successful player or you have a successful profile in the team or you yourself perceive yourself to be successful and you try to create a replica or hire a replica of that person within the environment. So Bob was really successful. Here we went another Bob. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. I want all of the skills that Bob possessed. And why that's problematic is it can relate to uniformity in the team and a lack of diversity that really results directly in a lack of innovation in the culture. The third common reason that or problem that we see managers experience when they don't have a business objective roadmap is, is really about cultural fit exclusion. And what I mean by that is managers subjectively ruling somebody out from an organization because of their perceived belief that they don't fit the team culture that exists today. And this isn't about core capabilities and soft skills. This is about, will this person get beers with us after work? And and that can be incredibly problematic in that, again, it creates a system of uniformity in your workforce, which is really limiting to innovation. Okay, but being the devil's advocate, if you have a environment that's highly collaborative, right, and you need people to go out and be tight and be able to communicate with each other, doesn't that become problematic if you have somebody who doesn't participate that way? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I think that the idea that because you perceive somebody as not participating is the flaw, not the fact that somebody may not, it's not valuable for that person to participate. I think that oftentimes we're surprised by how we can connect and find points of relationship with people who are very different from us when we're given the opportunity. So outside of going and getting beers. Outside or, <laughs> or getting beers and letting somebody get a club soda and, and have that be okay because you have other core aspects that are truly aligned and you create an environment that fosters a focus on those aspects. 
these are kind of like three problems that you have, but like, what are these challenges? What are some of the issues that you see from some of your clients or from companies that you work with that effectively have caused problems for them? Yeah, I think not having a a proper interview process is one thing. Not having a structured interview process, not really knowing. And that is huge. It's 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 number one, and it's it's really about looking at a job description and making sure that the right gaps are filled, that you're not just pulling it from someone else's. Oh, this company does this really well. I'm just going to pull their job description and hire. That doesn't work. I think work. we laugh because we all have seen that, right? Absolutely. Where'd you get this job description? We pulled it from our competitors. Exactly. Absolutely. I think that's hilarious. And I think also, you know, it's to us, it's, it's product, it's people, and it's, it's, it's process. So sometimes companies think that they need 10 engineers when in reality they might need a product manager or a different skill set or they might need a better process to help their development efforts move along more swiftly. You don't necessarily always need the count that you believe that you do in order to move fast. If you don't have a structured interview process or something that's at least impressive, you're going to have offer turndowns. You're going to have people that don't start. You're going to get people that get offers by larger companies with larger checkbooks later mm-hmm. on down the road, you're going to lose a lot of people because you don't have that. Yeah. And you're going to take up a lot of time that your hiring managers could be spending on taking that product to market, helping to evolve your brand in the marketplace, depending on the hiring manager's skill set. And you're putting that focus on endless cycles of interviewing, looking for an ideal candidate. And that can actually have a really devastating cultural impact on your internal team and the internal perception of team performance and ability. I always feel like it's our job to make sure that we're saving time for people so that we're providing them people that actually have the ability to come in and make an impact in the organization. But I think that companies without coaching, they're just doing an interview process and essentially brings them to a point where they're getting lucky if they get somebody who sticks. And that's why you have companies with such high attrition rates, right? Absolutely. One of the other things that we see here frequently is when companies have ad hoc hiring and there's not a predictable schedule for hiring, a predictable understanding of who will be added to the team, it creates internal team conflict. It creates an internal pressure or feeling that you're doing additional work that you shouldn't be doing. And it often results in a perception from internal team members that there's not a long-term career opportunity which can be incredibly costly to an organization's potential success. Yeah, because then they take our call. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I've got an opportunity that provides growth for you. And, and if we think to that, that, that business objective roadmap, we can create hiring triggers. So we can say, okay, well, when we get to V2 or whatever that is of the product or whatever we're working on, we need to hire... X number of people being thoughtful about that and, and planning for that is so important. That way, existing team members don't feel overloaded, as Kelly mentioned, and you can move at the pace that you want. Well, not only can you move at the pace you want, but you can also cultivate the talent that you already have to be able to move into that position. So you're not, oh crap, I need somebody who does X and we don't have anybody who does that. So you can plan ahead for it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard, and for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment for our sponsors. 
Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Check out our passive talent webinar at stridesearch.com. We are speaking with Kelly O'Connell and Shelly Icona, the executive vice president and founder and principal of On Its Access. And we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg talking a bit about building a business aligned hiring roadmap. That's right. We just talked about kind of some of the pain points about it. Now we're going to talk about how to do it. What needs to be in place first in order for you to build a roadmap? I'll start. So I love roadmaps. You're the roadmap queen. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that I am. I think, you know, structuring the team OKRs, right? Objectives and key results and really correlating them to the company goals is very, very important. And that's important for a lot of reasons, but it's also when we talk about hiring, you know, it's important that the talent that you bring in feels engaged, that they know the objectives that they need to hit to perform for themselves, for their team and to hit their goals. I mean, that could result in a bonus that results in company hitting major milestones. So that piece is super important. When we look at that, how do you do that? You take you take the job description, look at just any generic job description and you tailor it. You create a interview scoring rubric and you do that and, and you try to base it on looking at the gaps that you have in your team. Wait, so how do you create an interview scoring rubric? I'm going to let Kelly handle that because she does that (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Cause I hear that a lot and there's a lot of people that do scorecards and what have you, but I mean, how effective are those really? So like anything, probably more effective than not. (laughs) Like anything, you don't want to be rigid in your process, but you also don't want the exception to be the rule. And having a structured interview process and having a scorecard allows you to put the emphasis and priority on the key skills that complement your current team skill set rather than trying to match your current team skill set. And rather than looking at the totality of experience that you'd ideally like somebody to have. It's saying these three key areas are non-negotiable and these three key areas are really nice to have. And I weight those together to identify out of the candidates that I meet, the person with the highest opportunity for fit. So give me a for example, because usually I find the three things that are non-negotiable are needs to have seven years of this, four years of that, and five years of this, right? Which, which I think is silly because... You can find somebody with two years that has more experience than somebody who has 10, right? Absolutely. Or who's more accomplished than them. So again, I look at this as having companies align to fill the gaps in their core team. Okay. So while I've experienced that many companies say we use SQL a lot in our organization, so everybody needs to have exceptional SQL. I would argue that if you have a team with five really exceptional SQL people, that maybe somebody could be a five with a desire to grow in SQL, but bring in a skill set that your team doesn't necessarily have strength in, BI, AI, more recent experience in machine learning and automation. So it's about looking at your core team and then balancing out your weighting based on the skills you already have and creating an opportunity for growth for whoever's coming in. So this is an exercise that I'm sure that you guys do and that I do with my hiring managers as well, right? I mean, that's this is something that's really important. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. how do you get them effectively to do it themselves? So we facilitate workshops. We, we believe in creating a model that enables the managers to 
create a system. And like any workout plan and essentially having a business aligned hiring plan, it feels like more work up front and it's a little uncomfortable up front. Once they're in the process of doing it, we find that they see how much time they save. They see how much easier it is to make hiring decisions and they see how much more efficient and how much more likely those team members are going to be engaged participants in the overall team. So give me an outline of how we do this. So I feel like I'm talking a lot. But... <laughs> <I would. laughs> That's because I'm running out of battery right now, so I'm scrambling to plug my computer back in. <laughs> so the the first and I think most most essential element is is to work with a client to identify the core success factors. You know, this is about determining what are your business objectives. What are they this quarter? What are they the next quarter? And and who are the key players that you truly require as the highest priority to help you deliver and execute on those goals? And then prioritize sourcing around that. Rather than focusing on, we have a 100 hires to make across all of these areas, by prioritizing the key hires based on the order of their business objective map, it can make it a lot more tangible. It's funny how we're talking about planning and my poor planning. I, I, I forgot to plug my computer in. I'm not bad, so I'm panicking right now. I love it. I think I, I, another piece is really looking at beyond hard skills, looking at soft skills. So how do team members, how do people that you're interviewing, how do candidates interview? How, how do they communicate and how do they carry themselves. I mean, that's a huge piece. So when you put that on paper, you put all these hard skills and how many years they need. Some of that's important, but how are they going to evolve? Because companies that are innovative and successful today, they need to be nimble and team members need to evolve with customer expectations and, and, and changes in priorities. So part of a, 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 a scoring rubric could include as one of the, the, waiting factors, you know, how does this person handle change and how do they think about customers and market change? I mean, I find that's way more important than the skills because skills can be learned, right? Absolutely. I've talked to a lot of hiring managers in the past that'll say, look, you just send me a person who's a good coder. I place a lot of engineers, right? So just send me somebody who's a good coder, can figure things out, a good problem solver, and they can pick up the language pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Plus, Nine times out of 10 people Google things. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> so if you have a problem, you can just go on google.com and find out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that what you're saying is absolutely true. And I think that there are times when hard skills are what a company most importantly needs to hire for. And I think having a regular cadence for aligning that business roadmap helps a company to determine when they can have a hire that needs to hit the ground running. And that's truly important. And when they have the room to create a coached candidate and, and provide a performance path that allows that person to evolve within the company. Well, how do you know then if I'm a startup and I'm growing my company and I figured out, okay, my business probably needs somebody to head up sales. Mm-hmm. Let's just pick that out of the hat. So how do I figure out which person's going to be the right person? Because every salesperson you talk to is a great salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> Create a playbook. You know, Ooh, okay. How do you do I that? Say, I'm all about like the football analogies okay. right now. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so forgive me, but I'm a short I'm, guy. I don't play football. <laughs> <laughs> but thinking about, you know, when we look at sports, there's a model for how we do this. Totally. And so applying some of that to 
developing and, and delivering products and having the right talent, it's, it's pretty simple, straightforward if we look at it that way. So I've got certain objectives that I need to hit. And I believe it takes this type of player person, employee. And then how does this look? What does that day-to-day look like? What are those objectives and key results that we need? And how does that person work in context with the team that we plan to put them on? So I'd like to add to that if it's okay, Rick, and I'll use a European football analogy. I had the opportunity <laughs> to play. Okay, then I'll <laughs> use hockey analogies. <laughs> to play soccer in college. And I think a key, a key element, particularly for high growth startups or for small teams in a large organization is to think about the role the person's playing on the team and the role that you already have and to leverage a data-driven approach to filling that role. So we can predict who's going to be a really successful salesperson based on what we're selling and based on the data that supports what success could look like. For example, in a soccer field, you could be an incredibly talented defender, but if you line up 11 defenders on the field, you're not going to have the most talented team. So bringing in a team of complementary skill sets is going to be really important, particularly for a startup. So complementary or opposing, actually, right? Because opposing skill sets sometimes feed off each other really well, but you have to know your environment. Absolutely. You have to know your company really well. So how do I take a data-driven approach if I'm a CEO and I don't know what to use or how to do it? So we have a partner called Swarm Vision that is a great example of a data-driven approach to uh, innovation consulting. Essentially, they use a significant amount of research to look at predictive index for how a person can contribute to a team. And they look at your core team and determine how they can work together to most efficiently innovate and deliver products. So there are tools out there that are available that people can plug into. And And just like anything, you have to know how to use the tools. You have to be aligned to the tools. So in our partnerships, we make sure that we've vetted them. They fit with our framework. We use them. And so, yeah, it's, it's really about using it, but, but, but understanding how to make it work. How does the tool know the right person? The tool gives a, an index, a profile of, 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 of the talent. And basically they, they run through a program themselves and it, it maps them against characteristics, different, different qualities. <laughs> well, they can be coached. Yeah. <laughs> and unlike traditional kind of personality profilers, this tool is really about adjusting to the environment. And okay. so you see different aspects and how working with different aspects and different people bring out different sides of your character and either help you achieve. And so there's programs that help somebody move forward. So there's outside of us, I think you can either take the approach, the methodical approach where you figure out what the business needs and then maybe do a profile, like guess as to a profile, or you can use a tool. Absolutely. Some people excel when they're placed with people that maybe are a little further along than they are. So like if I go out and ride my bike and someone is faster than me or I want to go play tennis, I'm going to do better with someone who's better than me. And if I, that's just my personality, I'm going, it's going to make me rise to the occasion. Not everyone's like that. So a players are like that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, and you want to stack the deck with your a players for your company. You do. Or you want to coach the people that maybe need some, some assistance getting, maybe they want to get there. They just don't know how. Sometimes it's just figuring out, I need to do, tweak one or two things. 
and I'm moving at a better pace. So I think tools can help in those ways. It's not a one size fits all. It's, it's not used in every, in every case. What do you think about the idea of actually spending a few moments figuring out really what the business needs, what the company's culture is, writing your job description or figuring out who aligns with that and then making skills secondary or tertiary? I think it works in some roles and not in others. Like what? If I'm doing some data science work, I really might need a super skilled data scientist who understands machine learning and AI and, you know. And then it's just a matter of them being able to fit with the culture. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> All right. So we're getting toward the end of the show here. What would be two or three key takeaways that you can give the audience that can plug into their business today to help them kind of put this structure into place? I think it's starts with developing a regular cadence. And so creating a hiring roadmap once and then never looking at it again doesn't help a company to avoid the ad hoc hiring or urgent hiring phenomenon. They have to have a quarterly cadence to the process. I mentioned before, I think it's incredibly important that you're not rigid through this process, is that nothing should be fixed. But the idea here is to leverage the process to make an exception, an exception, and not the case, not the rule. And then I think that really providing your team with clear objectives related to their role and providing them with clear, based on that hiring, business aligned hiring roadmap, with a clear opportunity for career growth within an organization is going to help you to advance, to achieve as an organization, and it'll help you to attract generation Y and Z talent as well. I think talking about what worked well is so so important. I'm a big fan of retrospectives, and I don't think we do them enough for when things go well, because that's how we learn from our failures, hopefully, but I think we should say, hey, let's do more of that. So we hired this great person. The process went well. They onboarded easily. How did, how did that go? What did we do well there? What can we keep doing? I think that's Yeah, big. that makes a huge difference, right? <laughs> do the things that work. Although, unfortunately... <laughs> seems so obvious. I know, right? Although sometimes the things that work are the wrong things that you do. They just happen to work for some reason, right? And And you should dig okay. into that. The problem is we don't spend the time. Hiring managers have a ton of pressure. So sometimes it's just, and they don't necessarily have that process built in to their hiring process. So let's do it. Yeah. So at least put together some resemblance of a hiring process, something that is actually, I always tell hiring managers, do something impressive. Like make sure that that person walks out of the interview feeling like they got really challenged and they enjoyed their time there and they walk out and go, God, that was pretty hard. I'm glad I went and talked to him. It was impressive, Mm -hmm. right? All right. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show. Kelly and Shelly, thanks so much for you guys' time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what's the best way in which uh, members of our community can find you guys, reach you, hire you, whatever? We are on Twitter. LinkedIn and Facebook <laughs> at On Its What's Axis. What's your Twitter handle? On Its Axis, O-N-I-T-S-A-X-I-S. You can find us there. Uh, you can go to our website, www.onitsaxis.com, and you'll find a ton of information about the workshops that we have and strategy and HR consulting that we do. All right. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening. We love your feedback. And after all, the show's for you. So keep it coming. 
You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com, or drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com to learn about our passive talent webinars and workshops. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Christopher Hagney. He is the CEO of Social Engineer, Inc. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 